Hello and welcome to Cannabis Grand Rounds, a production by physicians with advanced degrees in cannabis medicine. Your hosts, Dr. Lee Van Oker, Dr. Les Matthews, and Dr. Hal Altman, will offer unbiased medical cannabis education for healthcare providers and the motivated public. Our content is selected with the objective to fully explore cannabis as science and medicine and pledges to reflect current cannabis knowledge with no hidden agenda nor sponsorships. Hello and welcome again to Cannabis Grand Rounds. My name is Dr. Les Matthews and I will be serving as your host today. Joining me in this interview is Dr. Lee Van Oker, one of the co-founders of this podcast and one of our contributors as well. In this particular episode, we're going to touch on some important legal issues around uh, cannabis use in the United States and specifically talk about the important differences and nuances around legalization versus decriminalization of cannabis at the state level. Lee, welcome and thanks for joining me. It's good to be back on again with you, Les. Thank you. So, Lee, I know you've written extensively on this subject, and let's get right into it. And can you give the audience just an overview of the the difference in meaning and in practical significance between legalization and decriminalization of cannabis? Yeah, absolutely, Les. And, you know, people mistakenly think that they're interchangeable terms, but really, technically, they're not. So what decriminalization does is it removes the penalties for personal use of small amounts, but it is still an illegal substance to manufacture and to sell. So under decriminalization, a lot of the states that have passed medical laws have accompanied decriminalization. So for example, if you are caught with cannabis in a state that has medical cannabis uh, legalized, and I know I'm using the term legalized, but it's not full legalization. But if you're in a state that's approved medical cannabis use and you have cannabis with you, but you don't have a medical card, you will probably have civil penalties, you will have a fine under jurisdiction, but it's not criminal charges and you're not under the jurisdiction of the courts. Now, each state has kind of defined their statute a little differently, but that's the general gist of decriminalization. So now legalization is really aimed less at managing the supply. So it lifts the prohibition and abolishes the laws that make the substance illegal in that state, which is why it's so crazy in the U.S., right? Because the states states have allowed it to be legal. It's still federally illegal. It's like a minefield for doctors and patients to manage. But in that state, it's considered legal. And it's so what happens is when they lift the ban, possession and use of cannabis that's not medical is allowed. And now the government in those states will regulate the tax and the sale of the manufacturing and the processing. And, you know, both can save the taxpayers millions of dollars, not only by debulking our courts of these minor possession charges, which we've had in the past, uh, but also once it becomes fully legalized for adult use, 
There's taxes that the state is reaping the benefit of. And these large cannabis businesses that are selling it um, are paying that hefty tax. So, so is it fair to say that states that have fully approved cannabis use for both medicinal and recreational use have in essence legalized cannabis is that is that a fair summary yes okay yes yes it is legal in that state but then there are also statutes and laws like you can't you have to get special licenses to manufacture and sell and a lot of states that have legalized it will allow um, and, you know, it's up for vote with a referendum now here in Maryland, uh, where we both are uh, less in the November ballot for our governor in the midterm elections. There's going to be a referendum brought to the people to say, do they want legalized cannabis in the state? Meaning there will be dispensaries opening up that are doing it for adult use that's uh, recreational. And I guess we could have a whole show on adult use, even though this is, you know, a show about medical cannabis, but, you know, compared to other vices like alcohol, cigarettes, and certainly opiates, it's probably the least dangerous. So even though I'm a big proponent of medical cannabis, certainly adult use, I think, if used responsibly, the same way alcohol is, can be fine. But you can't, for instance, in this state that's legalized, suddenly just start growing on your own without licensing, without paying these taxes and dispersing it and selling it yourself. Those those would still be crimes. The same way you can't just sell alcohol, right? <laughs> you can't just start reselling alcohol and stuff. You have to have licenses, same way in a restaurant or anything. So, so you mentioned something uh, pertinent to Maryland that I think is probably worth highlighting for the audience, and that is that Maryland has put the question of recreational cannabis use on the ballot as a referendum. And, and as I understand that, that means that the voting public gets to give that proposal a thumbs up or thumbs down. Not all states have done that, as I understand it, Correct. Right. And Maryland last year uh, or two years ago, maybe it was two years ago, they, there were two bills, one in the House and one in the Senate in Maryland, House of Delegates, to try and get it legalized through voting that way, the way regular laws come into being. And it just, it didn't work. I mean, they didn't get enough votes. Some of them didn't get out of committee, I believe. So, so they just decided, let's take it to the people. But, you know, some states have done that for medical. I, I thought Mississippi might have been, but don't quote me. I'd have to double check. Tried to do medical because the legislature just couldn't get together. And don't forget, it also depends on what the, the ilk of the legislature is. I mean, Maryland is pretty much a blue state. A lot of Democrats, certain states in the South could have more Republicans that might not think favorably of cannabis. So that's the problem with trying to get it passed through the legislature versus saying, what do the people want? Even though technically, right, the legislature is supposed to represent the people, but doesn't always happen that way nowadays with a lot of gerrymandering. But that's a whole political argument we shouldn't get into. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. But I, I think it is an important distinction. And it's important for our listeners to understand that there are several different paths that uh, individual states can and have followed to get to the same place with decriminalization or legalization of, of cannabis. 
Yeah. And another, there's actually a good medical benefit to decriminalization. And it's interesting, if you look at the history, Les, and go back even to the time of Lyndon Johnson, he was one of the first presidents. Kennedy formed a commission. I think we talked about that during one of our history podcasts to say that it maybe wasn't that dangerous. This was before Nixon in the era of the Controlled Substance Act. And even um, Johnson back in the 60s had the foresight to say, hey, criminalize kids, even if they have cannabis use disorder or using it too much, isn't the way to go. This is a public health issue. And there was an interesting report out of the Cato Institute back in 2001 that looked at Portugal that first decriminalized it, the whole country. And what happened is people that have like a use disorder and can't control themselves, they were more likely to come forward for treatment if they knew there weren't going to be criminal penalties uh, for the fact that they had been using. And we say that about everything. Same thing with the opioid crisis. You know, it's not a crime, it's a disease and it's a life-threatening disease. And we need Need to treat it such that's opioids not cannabis but 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 the concept's the same and and the pendulum has certainly swung in the medical community to the recognition that the large group of of disorders under the umbrella of substance abuse are best considered illnesses disease states that require treatment not uh, not imprisonment and punishment exactly yeah yeah exactly Anything else on the on the topic of decriminalization and legalization you think we should uh, bring the audience up to speed on, Lee? Uh, no, I think that covers it. I mean, I think early on, a lot of the states were timid, even if you look at the way it was done. So medical use came first. You know, people started to say, okay, maybe, you know, it's crazy, right? What's the Controlled Substance Act say? That it has no medical value at all and, uh, and high addictive. potential, right, for abuse, which is not true on probably both accounts. So I think, you know, states were like, tipping their, putting their toes in the water and saying, okay, let's decriminalize it. Um, and, and then, because you're also not having people robbing people, trying to get money for cannabis as much. That's other types of drugs more. And then if you look at the spectrum of ruined lives, um, you know, that's why, you know, when people ask me about adult use all the time, I, you know, as a, as a physician, who's a cannabis physician, um, and takes care of patients. Sure. There is use disorder and you have to watch for that. And that should be in the back of your mind. But when you compare, you know, what, happens with alcohol and cigarettes and everything else and the ruined lives that we see with opioids. I mean, you don't see that with cannabis. So if people want to use it responsibly, it, it makes sense. And what happened is a lot of states started out with medical. They finally saw what was happening with medical because way back when, you know, less everyone was like, oh my God, we're going to legalize it medically and all these youth are going to start taking it and there's going to be diversion. And it didn't happen. So then I think they made that next jump to legalization. Great conversation, Lee. And let me give a plug to your uh, writings on greenstate.com. There's a Ask Dr. Lee feature on that website where Lee uh, tackles these topics and many others in more detail. And I would encourage our audience to take a look if you um, have more interest in this topic. But thank you. And when we come back, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more about some legal issues and some of the social justice or social injustice that's around the 
historical legal uh, conundrum around cannabis. So thank you for joining us and we'll see you soon. All information, material, and content on this podcast is for general informational and educational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for professional and or medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment by a qualified physician or healthcare provider. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. Cannabis Grand Rounds LLC does not offer personal health or medical advice. If you have a medical emergency, call your doctor or call 911 immediately.